Um, uh, state New York. I had basically four hours straight of meetings today. Ooh. That, That's always lovely. It was uh, enlightening for sure. First one was like a committee meeting for a thing coming up, and the second one was like, this is our marketing plan all the way through the year. So it took a little while. But we got free lunch and donuts, so it wasn't a total loss. So that was uh, my day, and then I came out of the uh, meeting, and uh, everything was going to heck oh. in the outside world. So, yeah. But... We're not going to talk about politics today, or at all, because it's not this kind of podcast. So, how was you guys' this day? How was the drive back to the seminary? We are doing this remotely. Uh, Yeah, we're back to being remote. I am back at the seminary. The drive was good. Pretty uneventful for the most part. Mm -hmm. There was a stretch between Rochester and La Crosse that was extremely foggy. Mm. Like I maybe had 50 feet of visibility. Mm. That's never going fun. down the interstate at night. So that was very spooky. Bad news bears. Thankfully, the the lovely application Google Maps exists. So I could see all of the twists and turns in the road before they came. Yeah. So I managed to make good time pretty much solely because of that. <laughs> Very cool. Honestly, without that, I probably would have just pulled over and tried to wait it out. Mm. Yeah. It's weird when it's foggy and also windy. It's like, shouldn't this be blowing the fog away? But no. I've had that happen a couple times. It's weird. Mm. Uh, my day's been uneventful. It's kind of the calm before the storm uh, in terms of school. Uh, doing Just some... a deep breath before the plunge. Right. So doing some, you know, stuff with get, getting set up and getting ready while also not having a lot else to do. So I watched a lot of uh, Clone Wars. I'm getting toward the end of season six. So mm-hmm. By the time I, when I finish that, James and I want to do season seven. Yeah, I've been waiting for him to catch up so we can watch season good. seven. It's, it's good stuff. Like, <clears throat> like seasons four and five were really good and six is looking really good. And so hopefully seven keeps the momentum up because it's... Really good stuff. I like it. <clears throat> My nephew's review of it is pretty good. I have surprisingly deep conversations with him about Star Wars. So, it's the oldest one. I haven't talked to Jacoby since watching The Clone Wars, the so I'm going to have to catch up with him about that next time I'm in the same room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At one point, he was into Pokemon, <clears throat> but it uh, wasn't very profitable. So he switched gears to something else. Mm-hmm. He's constantly, he's a little entrepreneur. He's hes constantly trying to do little businesses and make money off of his friends and keeps getting in trouble with the teachers. And he he's, he's like, man, they just don't let me have any fun. It's like, probably because he shouldn't be doing that. But <laughs> I think his latest gig was uh, making comic books and selling those to his friends for class, for class, uh, good behavior bucks and so when they found out about that it was uh that was uh the end of that boy points 
Yep. He's at that age where, like, if a teacher shuts him down for something, it's like, how how is this possible? I need to stand up for my rights. It's like, you're in fourth grade. <laughs> Chill out. <laughs> it's it's really funny though. That's funny. Um, we also uh, finished the campaign in Age of Calamity, the oh, yeah. Zelda yep, Hyrule I, Warriors game. Yeah, that was fun stuff. It, uh, it apparently is an alternate timeline yeah, version of Yeah, it derailed events. from what actually happened in the past events of Breath of the Wild, like mm-hmm. about the time everyone was going to die. But I still really enjoyed the story. It's yeah, like, it was, you know what? I have fun. thought about what would have happened if that didn't happen. It was a fun what-if scenario. Yeah. And, I, and they basically say, like, when such and such a thing happened, a new world was born. So implying that this was, like, if you want to go, quote-unquote, canon with it. It was. It's an alternate reality. But then again, alternate timelines. Zelda isn't new to that. No. So, it's pretty easily accepted. <laughs> so yeah, that was fun. Entertaining game. It was uh, the Switch. It chugged quite... a bit sometimes. Yeah, it's <laughs> Just not because of quite, all the enemies uh, and effects on screen. A little beyond what the machine is capable of handling. But it was Evidently. never, like, game-breaking. If anything, it was more just funny. It's like, oh, look at all the chaos on screen. It's like we are causing... There's so much going on right now. So much death. <clears throat> what can men do f- against such I a feel reckless like you frame could, rate? <laughs> reckless frame. <laughs> I feel like you could just really crank down the textures on those guys in split screen. Because you don't look at them long enough to notice, like, low texture on them like well, I mean, you can just go really really light on the detail because yeah. you're just mowing down hordes of them you're not f- looking at them for any more than like half a second i suppose i mean color is really the only thing you go off of because that's how they kind of denote the different like strengths of uh enemies or whatever but um but uh that's the thing too. Like breath of the, I mean, I suppose the particle effects are probably something that right, makes the game a work. Bunch of explosions and yeah, arrows flying all over. The yeah, place. that's probably the main thing. And because like, Breath of the Wild's art style isn't terribly like high quality texture or like super high poly either. Particularly on the characters, it's very simple, yeah. very cel shaded, very borrowed from Wind Waker actually. Mm-hmm. So. But other than the occasional slowdown, really fun game. Yeah, I enjoyed it. If you don't mind the frame rate slowing down, I can recommend it. it it's fun. It's Not impressive, quite. even though it's a completely different kind of game, how many elements they were able to carry over from Breath of the Wild that I really didn't really enjoyed. Um, Not quite a deep enough experience to do an episode and a- analyzing it or anything, but yeah, fun time. Particularly with, with the buddy doing voices and just being silly with the characters. Yep. <laughs> I would, uh, you can play as Mifa, the fish girlfriend, right? <laughs> and so I, when he was Link and I was Mifa, I would, I like would chasing me him. around the map. It was, like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Stuff like that. Just messing with people. It's fun. Um. It's fun to play a game with James where he's not super salty at me afterwards. <laughs> it's because we're both fighting the same enemies. That's that's where the... Although, even when I, we do something like Minecraft, where we're technically fighting the same enemies... I'm just waiting until we, play, just, um, until we play A Way Out. That's going to be fun. <laughs> that will be. You guys are really going to like A Way Out, I promise. <laughs> I need to get the Xbox controllers for that so we can do that. 
I still have John's here. He hasn't come and got it yet, but meaning we need one more. Yeah. But uh, or two more, so we can just two more. Let's not get two two mores. That would not be good, would it? No, it'd be bad news. No, certainly not. Um, I certainly. Speaking of two, though, we're the Palladian Papists. I'm James. I'm Nathan. And I'm Riley. <laughs> I, I was about to ask, where does two come into the equation? But I'm like, oh yeah, that's our listeners. That's our that's that's, that's you, all of you wonderful people listening to us. All, all two of you in there. the glorious perfect year of 2021. Yes, <laughs> where, nothing, where, where nothing will possibly go wrong. Nothing whatsoever. It is glorious and beautiful, and not 2020, right? Um, yeah, right. There's right, there's a lot of stuff yeah, that happened yeah. last year that maybe we should have seen coming, but you know, this hindsight. Is, this is the time of year. Where it's like, okay, <laughs> so what do you say up. last year? He just glossed right over it. <laughs> when you say last year, what what do people mean? Because sometimes people will be saying, yeah, last year is like, okay, 2020 or 2021? Like, I get like, well, if it this was like a month ago, then it's like, you know, like a month ago. But like, um, once like February, March rolls around, it's long enough to start saying last year for things, I think. But anyway, I digress. Something that didn't come out last year, but uh, two years ago, I thought it was. Feels doesn't feel like that long ago because we saw this. It was 2018 at some point. I know mm-hmm. that much. Yeah. I think it was wasn't spring it like 2018. Cl- yeah, anyway. I remember we went to Chick Fil A, which had just opened in our town. Had it just opened? I thought it had been open relatively recently. I think it was that year. Relatively recently, yeah. and then we went and watched this movie. Uh, this movie that we're talking about, yes, the movie is, we, we are totally uh, Spider-Man going to into the oh. Spider Verse. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many more times could they have put, put Spider into the title? I'm not sure. Spider-Man uh, into the Sp- Spider Verse about spiders. There's spiders in it. I promise. <laughs> also, spiders. Yes, we you have know. previously talked about Spider-Man movies in the show. Yeah, uh, the Sam Raimi trilogy starring Tobey Maguire, mm-hmm. but this is a much more recent animated film. Mm-hmm. Uh, which follows a slightly different story. Yep. So, so let's us. take this from the top. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it starts out, you've got uh, Spider-Man, and this is like the ideal version of Spider-Man. He's just classic Spider-Man, Chris around, Piner-Man. saving the city, doing stuff. He's he's Spider-Man, you know? He's Chris Piner-Man. Yeah. Piner-Man. <laughs> he hangs out with Batman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so... We're in a world where Spider-Man's established. He's been doing his hero thing for a while, and everybody loves him. Mm-hmm. But this isn't a movie about that Spider-Man. No. This is a movie about a kid named Miles Morales, a kid from like the from what Brooklyn? I forget where he's from. Like, but like, yeah, no Queens. Like, <coughs> Queens. Yeah, he's half African American, half Puerto Rican, and his dad's a cop. Yeah. And his uncle's sort of a interesting. Interesting character. Yeah. Uh, but we don't meet thing. them yet. We just see no. uh, Miles on his way to the, his new school that he just transferred to because he has, like, he's, like, a really smart kid. He got into a really elite school because it had, like, high test scores, and it's like, mm-hmm. well, let's give this kid a good education. Yep. And his parents, being from a the lower, cla- uh, lower middle, middle class, lower middle know, class kind of family, uh, they're like, yes, give this kid an opportunity. And so uh, his dad's driving him to his new school, which uh, is awkward because he's actually in the backseat of a cop car. <laughs> mm-hmm. Getting dropped off at school by his dad, even though it's, he's a It's high a little awkward, and there's this whole exchange where he's like, over the PA, mm-hmm. uh, Miles, you forgot to say I love you, and all the kids are picking on him afterwards. Yeah. So anyway, Miles is at a new school, 
Billy's kind of new and stressful, a whole lot of stuff. Doesn't really want to be there because he liked his old school. He was more and he familiar had friends and comfortable there, with. And he had, he's, he's very much a fish out of water here. He's not terribly comfortable. Mm-hmm. So but in very the capable. Of all this, he reaches out to his uncle Aaron Davis, who is his father's brother. Um, and he's kind of shady, but also a real nice guy to uh, Miles. Miles kind of wants to be like him. He's kind of a free spirit, kind of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, let, let, let's go to the subway and throw up some graffiti because it's fun. And Miles is a good artist, but that's a little bit illegal. And his, his so uncle his Aaron, disapproves. even though he's sort of a. Uh sort of a rough around the edges character genuinely cares about about uh, miles and genuinely wants to try to be like a good role model for him even though he's but we'll, but we'll also learn about what kind of rough and what kind of edges yeah there are <laughs> um one might say ow the edges a foreshadowing bit. foreshadowing um but while they're in the subway uh painting just spray painting uh miles gets bit by a spider uh, which subsequently dies. Subsequently dies because he whacks it. But it's uh, it's like, oh, this is a, a, a Spider-Man origin, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So anyway, he's down there doing his thing, gets bit by a spider, then goes home. Next day, weird things start happening. Mm-hmm. He starts like, you know, uh, things sticky are sticking hands to his hands that, that uh, mess up a girl's hair. Yeah. There's climbs out a window and he's gotten taller all of a sudden a little more buff a little more breaking things and just kind of awkward stumbling around so to find answers later that night he goes back to where uh him and his uncle were uh spray painting and tries to find what what was going on sees the spider there he makes it actually makes the connection because it's like oh i'm climbing walls i'm i'm like spider-man because mm-hmm. spider-man is a thing that already exists and he's like oh I'm a lot like Spider-Man. So anyway, in the subway, uh, lo and he, behold, yeah, speak of the devil, uh, he meets up, he finds Spider-Man. Spider-Man's down in like some abandoned part of the subway fighting uh, the Green Goblin and the Prowler and just a couple other, like with some bad guys. And uh, Fisk. Yes, uh, the Kingpin yep. shows up and he's kind of behind the whole thing. Um, but Spider-Man and Miles kind of uh, run into each other and have a moment. It's like, oh, you're 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 a Spider-Man, aren't you? Because spider, spider senses sense go off. Yeah, I, I my spider sense is tingling. You must be a, a Spider-Man. So and so he's like, later I'll show you how what it's like to be Spider-Man because I know it's rough. I've been through it. Believe me. So I'm gonna be be a role model for you. But later, after I kick this guy's butt, mm-hmm. uh, but he doesn't kick the guy's butt. In fact, he gets his butt kicked. Uh, and in fact, is in fact killed. Spider-Man straight up dies. This like. And it's super sad. The big sad. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and everyone's he, sad. Before he dies, he gives Miles this USB thumb drive thing with, like, a kill code to, like, this big device that uh, Fisk is trying to build. That's In fact, that's what they were fighting about in the subway. Mm-hmm. There's, like, this giant, uh, turns out it's an inter- interdimensional portal device. Mm-hmm. that uh, Spider-Man's like, if you keep doing this, you're going to like blow up the city because that's not stable. Don't mm-hmm. do not do that, maybe. And Fisk is like, no. For- Get out of my way, yeah. Spider-Boy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to crush you, and you're yeah. going to die. Yeah, and he died. So um, everyone's sad, and uh, you've got Miles kind of just 
standing by Peter Parker's grave, just like sad and like, well, what do I do now? Mm-hmm. When suddenly, who should show up but Peter Parker? But not the same Peter Parker that died. Peter Parker from an alternate timeline. This one's a little washed up, a little overweight, yeah. and a little depressed, and a little unconscious. Yeah. This Spider-Man is, is a little worse for wear because in his timeline, he's not, he's not as like perfect as this Spider-Man. He's a little bit of a loser. He made some bad decisions. He, he divorced Mary Jane. He's just kind of washed up and just not in the best shape. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so after meeting up with him and dragging him around the city in a funny chase scene, uh, we... We learn this. We talk to them, and it's like, "Oh, you've got a you've got a thumb drive that'll blow up the the machine. Cool. I'm gonna get mm-hmm. home. You can blow up the machine. We'll be all done because I don't like this." Mm-hmm. And it's and, like you gotta teach me how to be Spider Man because now I have to take up the mantle because the regular Spider Man is dead. Right, but this Spider Man's like, "Well, I don't even know what Spider Man is anymore." It's like mm-hmm. I've I've I'm I'm not Spider Man anymore. So how you can how are you gonna learn from me? I'm a total loser. So they go and infiltrate like um, the Oscorp. Was it Oscorp? I thought it was just like no, no, no. Some, some company Wilson it's, Fisk owned. Some, yeah, yeah, some company that uh, turns out Doctor Octopus, who is a woman in this universe, is running. Oh, it's Fisk's corporation, whatever. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, so they're, they're doing research there. and they're like, we got to figure out what these people are up to. So let's break into the building and. No, no, they broke the the thumb drive. Earlier, oh, yeah. And so they got to go get a new one for a new kill switch. Mm-hmm. That's what happened. Um, it's been so a hot yeah. Minute. On on the way into breaking into the the company, there's some there's some bonding moments. Some like this is how you Spider Man, uh, and then they fight Doc Ock. They fight. She think, captures regulars, uh, or she catches uh, um, washed up Peter Parker, and is like, "Oh, you're doing weird stuff because he's kind of glitching because his molecules want to be in his home universe, and because he's not." The longer this will, like the longer he's away from his own universe, the more it's going to mess him up, and he'll like disintegrate. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Well, I can't wait to watch that happen." She reveals herself to be Doctor Octopus, and she's like, "You're staying here, bud." And Miles, even though he's a Spider-Man, he has some unique abilities onto himself. Right, um, he can he can turn, turn invisible. invisible. He's got like this electric shocky thing he can do mm-hmm. that is pretty unique to him, and uh, he doesn't quite know how to control either ability yet, but. He, he, yeah, he's not, he's not sure how to control any of his abilities. Mm-hmm. But so, because he's invisible, he helps other Peter Parker escape, and they run off with a computer with all the files on it that they need, and they're getting chased down. When they run into Spider-Gwen, mm-hmm. uh, who is uh, Spider-Man from another another universe. Um, who is Gwen Stacy and not Peter right. Parker. Right. Gwen Stacy being from the comics, Peter Parker's first girlfriend who dies because Green Goblin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was also in the Amazing Spider-Man trilogy. And it not, it wasn't a trilogy. It was only two movies. And good thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. So it's, you got, and Spider and Gwen is the person that uh, Miles got his sticky hands caught in her hair earlier. So there was a bit she of She was hiding out there. at the school trying to figure out what's going on, blending yeah. in. So anyway, they meet up with her, and she helps them fight Doc Ock, and they're and they head back to New York with the new uh, thumb drive in hand, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Well, from here, where do we go to find answers?" Aunt May's house. Yes. So uh, they show up at Aunt May's, and it's kind of an emotional scene because who's Peter, Peter Parker has died, and in the washed-up Peter Parker's universe, um, Aunt May has died, and so it's like sort of a sad reunion, sort of for both of them. Yeah, 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 but it's also a uh, 
Spider-Man reunion of sorts, because in the secret spider lair that this universe's Spider-Man has, apparently, we find out that... Uh, Which happens to be in Aunt May's backyard in a shed. Yes, mm-hmm. like like you do. We, we meet uh, three other alternate uh, Spider-Mens. Uh, one of them is... Uh, uh, Spider-Ham, Spider-Man Noir... And then, uh, was it Penny? Penny and the Parker, robot? Spider, SP, slash, slash, D-E-R. So, yeah. Uh, who's just <clears throat> anime mech Spider-Man, but also a schoolgirl, mm-hmm. because that makes sense. <laughs> yep. <laughs> because it's fun. And mm-hmm. the fun thing about it is they're, like, all in wildly different art styles. Yeah. Like, this is an animated film, right? Spider-Man so have- Noir is in black and white while everybody else is in color. Uh, uh, Spider-Ham looks kind of like Porky Pig from Looney Tunes. And then... Penny Parker looks, you know, she's got the anime art style. She's she's like May from Overwatch, if you're familiar. Yeah, uh, now I really am Tracer. Is it just a, a pink robot with a small? Girl I thought that's Diva. May's the ice boy. I have no idea. That's Diva. That's Diva. But uh, right. Spider-Man Noir is played by uh, Nicolas Cage, um, and then Spider Ham is uh, John Mulaney, and I don't know who voices Penny Parker, but. They uh they're quite they do fit quite well in their roles in this movie. It's pretty entertaining. So yeah, they all meet up and they're all like, "Okay, hello, we are the the Spider People, um, and we also want to go home to our universes. So let's all go to the Kingpin Super Collider Dimension thing mm-hmm. and uh, try and get home and then destroy it, right? Yep. And let's help Miles figure yeah. out. Well, I don't think we can take him with because he's sort of a noob and. A bit of a liability for us. Yeah, he hasn't really figured out his uh, his abilities or abilities or anything. So they're like, "Yeah, you're a Spider-Man, but you're you're not there yet," you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, they they forcibly leave him behind mm-hmm. uh, to go on their mission because in in Aunt May's house, the uh, Sinister Six like crash into their house and like, Scorpion, "Hey, let's let's kill some Spider-Men." Fisk, so you got like the Scorpion, you've got Prowler, you've got. Uh, Dr. Octopus. Green Goblin again. uh, Tombstone, who's the the big pale guy with the flat top cut, which Mm -hmm. is like, of all the characters to include, that's fun. Just Mm -hmm. throw Tombstone in there. Why not? Um, During this fight, actually, uh, uh, Miles is fighting with the Prowler, and it turns out that uh, uh, the Prowler takes off his mask. He's like, oh, that's that's Miles. Mm -hmm. And Miles is like, oh, you're you're Uncle Aaron. Um, this isn't cool. Uh, how about maybe don't kill me? And he's like, how about maybe I won't? But then he gets shot by the kingpin, so. Mm-hmm. For not killing the Spider-Man. Right. So uh, Miles takes him away, and he dies in his arms, and it's a sad moment. And then, because the cops are called, uh, uh, Miles' dad shows up, and it's like, oh, my brother is also dead in an alley, and there's Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, I Miles like is Spider-Man. wearing like a he was, he Halloween was... Spider-Man costume as his Spider-Man costume. Right. Now, uh, Miles' dad was kind of against Spider-Man to begin with because he's like, well... He's going this? outside the law. What's with that? Right. Uh, I, I'm down here doing my job day to day, and that guy throws a he's couple... He's very strict by the book. All, all Spider-Man is is a bunch more paperwork he has to do, you know? Mm-hmm. So this, like, uh, legitimizes his dislike of the new Spider-Man because, like, oh, I have a dead brother now. Mm-hmm. But it's also his son, so irony. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, that That's 
one of like the reason they leave uh, Miles behind because his lack of figuring out his powers cost them that fight for the most part. And mm-hmm. So he's tied up in his apartment, uh, and all the Spider Men's are going to like Wilson Fisk's tower to find the Super Collider, and Miles is just kind of chilling in his room, tied up, sad. Uh, his dad shows up and knocks on the door. He's like, "Hey, I've had a crazy day. Um, I want to talk to you." about how much I love you and stuff. You're trying to figure out stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. And, like, he gives this, you know, inspiring little pep talk to Miles. And that kind of inspires Miles, and he reaches deep within himself to figure out his powers and stuff, and then zaps the webs off, goes to Aunt May to suit up, uh, and then, you know, swings over to... his own unique Spider-Man look, which is sort of him being like, I'm not going to live in the original Spider-Man's shadow. I'm going to make it my own. Right. And take up my own mantle as Spider-Man. So he, like, spray paints uh, a suit all up and heads out to join the gang. So and there's this whole sequence where he's, like, got his new suit and he's trying out his new powers and he's learning how to he's learning how to swing from building to building. And it's this really cool, like, taking a leap of faith. Like, they literally call it, like, how will I know when I'm ready? And the, and the Spider-People are like, when you, you don't, it's a leap of faith. And so he literally takes a jump off a building and learns how to swing and uses powers. And it's a cool, cool yeah. sequence. Really, really cool character sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, he, he rejoins the Spider-Man group in the super collider room, fighting the bad guys, which, well, aren't, isn't like, uh, Fisk like unveiling this whole dastardly plan in a gala dinner. He's not unveiling honor. his dastardly plan. He's covering it up. Oh, yeah. By, but it's in a, uh, a Spider-Man thro- memoriam gala where everybody is wearing Spider-Man masks. So they're like, hey, we'll just we'll blend just in. Blend in. <laughs> it's like, it can't be that easy, can it? <laughs> okay, it is that easy. <laughs> and there's a there's like a really uh, humorous but also touching scene where uh, Peter Parker, um, like the... Runs alt- into MJ. Yeah. Runs into Mary Jane. And he's like, well, in his universe, they divorced. And she just lost her Spider-Man, and so he's like breaking up, trying to try to apologize to her, and trying mm-hmm. to like. And she doesn't know who he is. Yeah, he's just falling apart, and she's like, uh, "Can we get more breadsticks at table four? <laughs> it's like I I should have been there for you. I when when you needed breadsticks, <laughs> I, 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 I should have been there for you. I should have given you what you needed." The reason why he needed. and Mary Jane split up is because she wanted kids, and he was scared and not ready for that. Right. So anyway, that was a that's a fun scene. But mm-hmm. they make their way to the super collider, and Miles joins them, and they fight the bad guys in a really fun action sequence that gets super trippy. The more uh, unstable the collider gets, mm-hmm. and we learned the reason that uh, Wilson Fisk, uh, the kingpin, is using this alternate reality machine is because uh, his wife and child left him, and also subsequently died. And got in a and car he's, accident. He's died, super yeah. broken up about that, and is like, well. I'm going to steal him from another dimension because I'm obsessed that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to make it right to them. And so, like, after he discovered there are alternate Spider-Man, he's like, oh, this can work. Let's do this. And when this universe's Peter Parker was killed, he told Fisk, like, you're not going to be able to bring them back, which enrages Fisk, and that's when he kills Spider-Man. Right. Um, and so he tries to use the same super smash on Miles in his showdown. Because uh, the particle collider opened up the portals back to their universes or something, and so, so yeah, all the other Spider Mans are gone now. Yep, they went all home. And, Wilson's uh, plans are in ruins, and he's just like, "Oh, I'm gonna kill you now because mm-hmm. I'm super mad." 
Yep. He uses the same Super Smash on Miles, but it doesn't work because Miles is a different kind of Spider-Man. So he uses Super Shock powers to defeat Fisk. And uh, because the cops get called, Aaron's or er, er, Miles' dad shows up and is like, you can do it, Spider-Man, whoever you are. So get up and fight. And it's yeah, really cool fight scene. Mm-hmm. Shuts off the collider, um, saves the day. Mr. Fisk gets arrested. And uh, my and uh, Miles talks to uh, to his dad with a fake deep voice as Spider Man. It's like, okay, I'm looking forward to teaming up with you. I love you, officer. It's like <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> it's like I may disagree with your methods, but I'm willing to team up to uh, help uh, save the city or whatever. So yeah, and that's pretty much where it ends. There's a there's a teaser at the end where like. Uh, apparently Gwen figured out how to come back and at the post credit scene we learned because they kind of like each other yeah and the post credit scene there's like this scene with 2099 Spider-Man who goes back in time to see the the 1966 cartoon Mm Spider-Man and it's this funny meme reference it's It's like the Spider-Man's pointing at each other the plot it's just it's just it's it's a fun little thing and I think that's one thing I really like about this movie it's just really fun Mm-hmm. The it's animation. Written by, uh, it's written and directed by Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, who did movies like uh, the Lego Movie, a Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, and a few other projects. I think they did Twenty One Jump Street, I of which I haven't seen. But they have like this really fun kind of avant-garde like style of writing, mm-hmm. which sort of like instead of like leaning into tropes, like comments on them and sort of pokes fun at them while making use of them. Yeah, it, it'll it'll use a trope as a springboard to talk about the trope. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the the film is uh, it's really entertainingly, cleverly written. The dialogue is really fun, and the characters are uh, really. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. It's just a very, very it, fun film. Yes, that, that's one thing that's I like about it. It's just fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Other other cool things about this Spider-Man movie is it's. It is very much a Spider-Man story, right? It's mm-hmm. got the classic origin story, all the beats, even an uncle that dies, right? But the unique thing is, this is like, we've had Spider-Man movies and stories for years now. We mm-hmm. are more than familiar with it. In fact, some people are, are t- straight up tired of it, right? But this one puts enough of a spin on it, where it kind of just shakes up and diversifies things. And I'm not just saying that because Miles is black. I'm saying right. that because... He's a slightly different kind of Spider-Man. There are mm-hmm. several slightly different kinds of Spider-Man in this movie. Yeah. And, and that's that, kind of his arc, too, is like he needs to become his own version right. of Spider-Man and play it's to like, his own strengths and not try to be something He has a lot of the same powers, not. a lot of the same responsibilities. But in the end, the hero he becomes is uniquely him. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the... The movie sort of like talks about how he doesn't feel like he has a lot of agency in his life. Because, like, you know, at the beginning of the movie, he's uh, he's moved to a different school he doesn't want to be at. And then uh, and then he becomes Spider-Man. And he's like, I don't want to be Spider-Man. And then Chris Piderman tells him, like, I don't think you have much of a choice there, kiddo. And so in sort of the climax, well, not the climax, but, like, sort of the, the moment of truth for Miles is when he fully embraces, like, the Spider-Man uh, mantle while you know, bringing to it what is uniquely his, mm-hmm. he sort of manages to find that balance where 
yeah, he he's he's fully embracing and choosing this aspect of himself. Because the whole you're the whole movie, he um, is wearing this cheap uh, knockoff like costume store Spider Man suit mm-hmm. that Stan Lee sold to him. Yep. Uh, and he's trying to learn from uh, washed up Peter Parker. But like symbolically, when he graduates to his own costume, it's inherited from the regular Peter Parker, but mm-hmm. he puts his own spin on it, right? Mm-hmm. It's not some cheap imitation of Spider-Man. It is authentically Spider-Man and authentically him. Mm-hmm. It's just really kind of neat uh, symbolism there. Yep. And it's also a symbolism expressed by the various different uh, characters, right? You've got this really diverse cast of spider people mm-hmm. that are just like all wildly different from, yeah. from anime mech to, to noir to, to the spider Gwen to, to cartoon pig, cartoon pig. Yeah. Right. The, uh, another thing too, like in terms of like miles, struggle with like his individuality and stuff is like that conflict is sort of played out in his relationship between his uncle Aaron and his, uh, who's kind of a free spirit, and his dad, who's very much by the rules, and so it's, it's implied He's that over between those two, yeah, over time, like the two saw, you know, didn't see eye to eye, so they kind of split up. But Aaron has a or, or Miles has a close relationship with both of them, um, and so and he kind of inherits the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. Like he takes his father's kind of devotion to justice, and you know right and make sure make sure he does the right thing but he also has this sort of um like you say free spirit free spirit creativity and individuality yeah yeah creativity artistry in the way that he does things Mm -hmm. and at the end of the movie and like another thing too is like over time like miles sort of works on his relationship with his dad because he was rebelling a little bit and at the end of the movie his dad also lightens up a little bit and they spray paint a mural to memorialize their uncle, his uncle Aaron. Cause, uh, uh, his uncle Aaron was saying like, yeah, your dad and I, when we were your age, we would, he was also, would also get into mischief with me and that sort of thing. But then he decided he was all about this living for the law kind of stuff. And we kind of split apart that way. But even, but Aaron sort of knows the man that he is. And, Mm -hmm. uh, doesn't want miles to go down the wrong path either. So he's like, yeah, you should listen to your dad. But it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. Those two relationships. And then his mom is just, you know, very loving and like, she's there and supportive of -hmm. him, but like not as big of a character in the film. Yeah. Uh, We also get a bit of a really, a really good arc with uh, Peter B. Parker, the washed up Mm -hmm. Spider-Man because he has kind of, fallen into complacency with the current state of his life mm-hmm. he's no longer at the top of his game his life's kind of a mess he's kind of sad but it's just kind of the way it is and mm-hmm. he just has been living like that for years now mm-hmm. but then he comes to this dimension right and sees the legacy of this spider-man and well he's kind of in denial about how he's let his life go as well mm-hmm. he's unwilling to cope with it but he sees like he sees himself in uh miles and mm-hmm. he's reminded of what being spider-man means the the courage and the responsibility in fact there's a part of the movie when they first meet uh and miles is like but doesn't great power come with great and he's like don't finish don't the it. line don't say it i've don't heard it way it. too I'm much sick of it 
So that that's kind of where he is. He has mm-hmm. kind of shrugged off the responsibility just because he's tired of it. Mm-hmm. Right? It's war- it's worn on it. But over the course of the the film, he teaches Miles and saves the day, and is at the end of the film willing to make the sacrifice, be the one to stay behind mm-hmm. and blow up the collider while all the other spider people go. But then Miles doesn't let him. He's like, "You gotta let me do this. You gotta go f- fight your battle, which is going back to Mary Jane and." Like getting back together with her and accepting, like you know, the responsibility of becoming a dad because that this is what he was running away from because he was scared. Mm-hmm. And he even had kind of some parenting experience with Miles here, mm-hmm. so it's like, so yeah, I, I, I kind of like Peter B's uh, arc in this film of like mm-hmm. it maybe being Spider-Man actually does mean something bigger than me. Mm-hmm. It's funny with like each introduction of uh, different versions of Spider-Man, they all have like this like, let's start from this from the top, and they t- give like a quick overview of like who they are and like why they're the flip through some comic book the pages. one and only Spider-Man, right. and uh, every every one of them has like it starts off with like this universe of Spider-Man, and then as each new one is introduced, when Peter B. Parker's um, is introduced, like he's giving like this like really. He's like, yeah, I'm doing pretty good, kind of vibe to it. But then you just see how miserable he is, and like yeah, the he, he says shots. that, but like the, the the narration that is over a uh, a video of him like like eating, eating pizza. pizza and crying in the shower. Yep. <laughs> and like everybody does this, and it's like it starts out. I was bitten by a radioactive spider, except for Spider Ham, who was written, who was a spider that was bitten by a radioactive pig. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny. because because of course yeah and nicholas cage is spider-man wire who's just like edgy and over the top the very well cast i lit a match and put my fingers over just to feel something (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of unfortunate that the uh uh other three spider-man don't get as much of a spotlight but for as much as they're in the movie Mm -hmm. they are really fun yeah just fun characters and then there's gwen there's spider gwen yeah she she's like the third main character Mm-hmm. Uh, and she doesn't have as much of an arc as the other two. She's kind of just the most confident as a spider person. Mm-hmm. But also, she's hesitant to include other people in her life just because of she's had a bad experience. In her dimension, uh, her best friend, Peter Parker, uh, went crazy and turned into the lizard, and they fought, and he died. Mm-hmm. So roles were reversed uh, because in the original comics, Gwen Stacy died fighting when Spider-Man fought Green Goblin and in her dimension, well, it's the Peter Parker that died because it's a fun what if scenario. Mm-hmm. And so over the course of the movie, she slowly learns to be a uh, team player and grows in a really nice, like grows in friendship with Miles. And it's like, can, can we be friends at the end? And it's like, at the, cause he's early in the film. She said something like, I don't do friends anymore. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the uh, movie, Miles is like, so, you, you start doing that Friends thing? And she's like, I'll think about it. Mm-hmm. Jumps into the portal or whatever. And there's a thing, like, too, like, where his Uncle Aaron was just like, you know, he's like, you know, I should try to talk to girls or something like that. He's like, well, what do I even do? It's like, see, so what you do is you're really smooth. You just put your hand on his shoulder and be like, hey. Hey. And then Miles gives it a shot. But like, that's when his hand sticks in her hair. He's just like, just does a really awkward, like, Slaps his hand on her and he's like, "Hey." hey. She's like, "Um." <laughs> hi. He even brings that around at the end when he uh, shoulder touches Kingpin. He's like, "Hey," and then shots him. <laughs> so all around, good movie. Re- really fun movie. Really fun characters. 
uh, and just <coughs> a. I think the 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 story is unique among Spider-Man movies, where it's like Spider-Man is written as a superhero that you're supposed to identify with, right? Where it's like everyone goes through this growing up experience where they suddenly have greater power and greater responsibility in their life. And in this movie, we don't just have Peter Parker as an example. We have several different people living that reality in expressed in different ways. Mm -hmm. In a way, this movie is like everybody can be Spider-Man. Everybody is Spider-Man in a way. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that that's kind of the, and it's exemplified by, having a different non-Peter Parker main character and having all the supporting cast that is all these crazy different Spider-Men. But they are all alike in that they all have great power and great responsibility and they have the mantle of Spider-Man to uphold. Right. So they are different and yet um, the same in yeah. a lot of ways. They're unique but similar. I suppose we can get into uh, anything else before we get into the transcendentals or I just wanted to uh, expound a little bit on that point that James mentioned early in our discussion. Um, Lord and Miller, the, the directors of the movie have this like trend that one commentator has referred to as meta modernism. Mm -hmm. It's, post postmodernism mm -hmm. and that's hard to say so they just coined it meta modernism but the whole like postmodern ethos is like everything is pain nothing matters i f i am numb doesn't nothing you know mm -hmm. life is pointless and you have to pick the, apart the old norms and the old ways of doing things and like should yeah, try to expose them as the as frauds which is the point yeah. of like a lot of other comic books, like uh, like Watchmen is very much postmodern in the picking apart of superheroes and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's very subversive. It tries to um, destroy the the preexistent order that it perceives. Whereas what Lord and Miller have done, they like they see into that and they see that it's not really a satisfying solution. Mm -hmm. to the problem that mm -hmm. people see. I mean, there's a legitimate problem that postmodernism has noticed, but they, they try to solve it the wrong way. Mm -hmm. So what Lord and Miller do with a lot of their movies is they sort of lean into those postmodern tropes and use them to sort of find meaning in the meaninglessness, mm -hmm. which is a very interesting thing. It's like, you can't not have meaning. You have to find meaning somehow just to be, a, you know, a functional person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really. There's a great, a great video on YouTube that we should include in the description. Yeah, I'll have to look it up. I ran across it not long after seeing the movie, and it was a very good analysis. So, can recommend. We'll yeah, put that is, in the show notes. And this is very much a movie that takes apart and dissects and questions what does it mean to be a hero? What does it mean to be Spider-Man, right? Mm -hmm. But at the end of the movie, instead of co the conclusion being, well, it doesn't matter, Spider-Man isn't really a hero, X, Y, Z, the conclusion it comes to is uh, there may be a lot of problems with th that he causes, right? But at the end of the day, 
being a hero, being this heroism is something to achieve. Something it it is a good, right? Mm-hmm. It acknowledges that there is a good in truth, as opposed to questioning what is the good and what is the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, with that being a rhetorical question, implying that there isn't. Right. Sometimes. Um, I suppose. Speaking uh, of which. Speaking of which. Yeah, truth. What sort of truths can we? divulge from this movie that's not the right word but what yeah what can Uh, we draw from it with great power there must also come great responsibilities yeah which is the the truth you get from spider-man and his story right Mm -hmm. um but it's not all the same powers it's not always the same responsibilities it applies differently to different people but the mantra is the same two people may be called to the same overall vocation but that doesn't mean they'll be doing the same thing or that they're the same people mm-hmm. right there they, you will be you are drawn to express yourself and be wholly yourself in what you do mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean uh you don't also have a destiny right mm-hmm. you don't also have a, a thing you sh- you're supposed to be doing mm-hmm. you you can you can be the hero but you can also be your own kind of hero right there's your vocation your what you're called to do with your life is something that only you can do even if there are other people who do something similar to you, your specific thing you were created for, that is all something that is a void that it can only be filled by your li- living your life. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what else can we bring out of it? Family can definitely be messy sometimes, mm-hmm. but notwithstanding that, you have the ability to to work on it and reforge it if you put the effort in yeah in fact family is a very big thing with this story like the relationships between family mm-hmm. you've got uh miles and his dad and his uncle aaron you've got wilson fisk obsessively trying to recapture his family mm-hmm. that he had that was perfect by for force right then you've got spider-man uh the loser who has you know problems with his mary jane so he's and not that kind of Mary Chain. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, who's who's having who's had a falling out with his wife, and so yeah. family is a very like prominent. Uh, well, and it's sort of like people relationship with their families was damaged by their poor choices, right? Because with with uh, Wilson Fisk, his whole deal is like he sort of started pursuing like these really shady business deals and stuff, and became mm-hmm. a villain to the point where his wife didn't recognize him anymore, and so like took and saw like. He was gradually becoming more and more violent, and she's like, "I'm gonna get out of here with our, with our son." And then, as they were leaving him, they got into a car accident. And so, instead of owning up to his mistakes and realizing that his actions are what um, caused the death, or you know, led to the deaths of his loved ones, he instead tries to go to another universe and regain his family by force, which parallels peter b parker who's in denial of his wrongdoing and Mm -hmm. trying to the fact that he was being selfish with mary jane and that's why they split up Mm -hmm. and that's also uh, a similar choice that is offered to miles right where he could choose one part of his family over the other Mm -hmm. and kind of distance himself from be reckless and mess around and sort of squander his opportunities Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of drama and problems that can come from fa- within families, but it's like it's important to cultivate that 
uh, that respect, that love, that that they, they, families are important. Mm-hmm. Good. And that's kind of the thing too, where like the other Spider people are too impatient to allow Miles to develop into his own Spider Man because they're you know running short on time, and, and they so also they try have their to own ideas of what it means mm-hmm, to, to look be Spider Man, like Spider Man, right? Yep. And so what they so miles is able to escape from them like basically locking him in his room and is able to save them so they kind of learn the lesson that like it's miles in his own unique incarnation of spider-man that his differences that uh, enabled him to save the day mm-hmm. so that's kind of neat yeah anything else uh for for the truth part of it yeah well I think we've I think we've explored we've touched it on a lot of the main themes. There's there's other stuff you can draw from it, obviously, and there's mm-hmm. several videos on YouTube that are really good that analyze it. But mm-hmm. those are some of the main highlights, I would say, of, of truth. Um, goodness, what is good about this movie? I think one thing I like about this movie is the way all the Spider-Men interact with each other. And how they learn from each other and leave that uh, interaction being better Spider-Man, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, where Gwen learns to, you know, that f- friendships are important and she kind of needs people in her life. Uh, Peter B. learns that, yeah, he should be more responsible. Miles learns from them how to be Spider-Man and that it's okay to be a different Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. It's like... All, all, they all kind of come together for a cause and grow in this, grow from the experience together. Spider Ham's arc. He's the most developmentally whole of all of them. <laughs> he just, I don't know, he just kind of does his thing. He, yeah, and so does Spider Man Noir, and mm-hmm. they, they, and the Penny Parker. She, mm-hmm. she just, they're all just kind of there. Mm-hmm. They're all just kind of there for the most of the story, but they're fun. Yeah. And th- th- there, there is some slight growth they do, but um, in in general, like all of their commitment to upholding justice and goodness yes. in fighting evil, even to the point where they, where Peter Parker in this universe sacrifices his life to save the city, mm-hmm. and we learn that he was just an all around. Um, you know, a great person in his personal life as well. Did a lot for like charity and was a brilliant scientist and did a lot to try to bring good into the world. Mm-hmm. To the point where like there's like a the whole city like really feels his loss, like the vacuum that's left behind and sort of leaves Miles kind of intimidated about how to take up this mantle and like fill that void himself at the beginning of the movie. And like he goes to excuse me, he goes to Peter Parker's grave and he's like, I'm not sure how, like, I'm like you, but I, I don't know how to, like, become more like you. Like, as mm-hmm. a great person that you are. I'm not sure if I'm up for this. So. There's also the the support that he gets from his dad, even mm-hmm. though there's a bit of a blocking communication there. At yeah. the end of the movie, he has that pep talk for his son where it's like, we may have our dis- differences, but you can always talk to me mm-hmm. sort of thing. Then also, uh, Aunt May kind of also fills a parental role. Yeah, this is a very different kind of Aunt May. She knows what's up. She knows what's up. Yeah, 
she's actively involved with this universe's Spider-Man stuff, mm-hmm. given the fact that his secret hideout is in her backyard. Mm-hmm. But and they're like, "No fighting the villains in my living room. Get out of here." Like that kind of stuff. She's just very put together. Um, beauty. This is a fantastically animated film. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Every frame is just oozing with style and just so Broad- fun to watch. Broadly speaking, the movie is 3D animated, but with like cell shaded aesthetic to it. So it resembles a lot um, the comic book style. I think like every other frame is. Well, every few frames, over? they'll do like flash frames where it's completely painted. Yeah, where it's like completely. Com- it's like. The closest thing we've come to in film to making like a moving comic book. Mm-hmm. It's they even have like the little dots they had from like the printing paper right, and the, like the dithering shading and like the little uh, squiggles for things that are moving and like uh, like different like sort of bam and pow and like onomatopoeias that'll pop up when mm-hmm. when things happen on screen. Yep. So it's um, like really snazzy. Just really fun to watch. And one video I watched that I can also post the link to is uh, talked about how over the course of the movie, this is really getting into the nitty gritty, but um, so animation, the traditional 2D animation runs on like different frame rates, right? So in the old days, it was like, I think 15 frames a second or something, or eight frames a second or something like that. So a little more choppy. And then all the other Spider-Man are in like the standard smooth 24 frames per mm-hmm. second. But Miles is his, is uh, in like a lower frame rate. And over the course of the movie, the frame rate of his character gets faster and faster until the he's point. He's up to speed with until everybody he's up else. To, he's literally up to speed. So it's a beautiful, it's a really crazy, cool, like. Really smartly put together film. Yeah, meta way of expressing how he is becoming more like Spider-Man and that he is like just using the raw filmmaking details like that to tell a story in a way, like if nobody had told you, like you can sort of see it, but like once it's pointed out to you, it's like super cool. But yeah, like also the, the music in the movie is really good. Mm-hmm. The soundtrack's good. I feel yep. like there, there's other videos on this too, but it's like they, mm-hmm. the way they uh, tie musical themes into like what, uh, uh, Miles is listening to on his headphones because at the beginning of the movie he's like listening to music on his headphones and like drawing or something mm-hmm. and then like later in the film during like his big um, like leap of faith scene they mash up the theme they wrote for Miles Morales and like a rap song that he was listening to earlier in the movie mm-hmm. to create this really stylish expression of mm-hmm. the character the, the movie overall is just stylish mm-hmm. it's just is really it it uses like really great use of like color and like contrast and different things like that and like there's artistry to every frame of the movie um and like there's a little when when people are thinking about stuff like there's a little like speech bubble um like the little uh narration thought bubble blocks mm -hmm. that that miles has yep so yeah, all around very artful movie. It's a it's a joy to watch. Mm-hmm. It's interesting too because like for a long time we've had like you know cartoon two D animation and then even now that it's been like over like gosh it's, I think in a few years like Toy Story the first three D animated movie is going to be like twenty uh, like thirty years old. So um, 
Yeah, that's kind of nuts, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but uh, so we've had 3D animation for a while. And like and now and again, people have tried to blend them together. But this movie does like an excellent job of like expanding on both mediums, playing to both of their strengths mm-hmm. and using it to create something new in a way that reflects the message and uh, themes of the movie. So yeah. very, very beautifully made film. In fact, you could say that it's very unified in mm-hmm. that way. Yes. <laughs> All of these elements come together to reveal a whole that gives us a better picture. Yeah. Like yeah. the the visuals, like I, th- I think the story, the characters, the visuals, the music, the uh, just yeah, everything like ties together to tell one united story instead of different elements that piece together create a story. It's like it's sort of everything sort of reiterates and reechoes and reaffirms what's being the story that's being told. So. Yeah, really cool stuff. Yeah. Anybody have any uh, closing thoughts? We good? Nope. We good. We good. Well, if you want more goodness, subscribe. And occasionally truth, beauty, and unity. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes. You can uh, listen to us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Um so follow us on any of those as you prefer also you can follow us on social media at palapapis on twitter and facebook if you have any questions comments concerns complaints or suggestions for future episodes you can email us at the palladium or dang i always say the at palladiumpapis at gmail.com and uh yeah we'll be back again with more shenanigans next week we will uh Catch y'all later. Bye now. Bye. See ya.